Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Sunday, August 7th, 2022, and welcome to a new episode of the Now Mind You podcast. This is, of course, episode 31, Manga. I'm TJ. I am Matt. And we totally did forget to introduce ourselves last episode, so we're doing it now. And, of course, you know, spoiler warning, so you know the deal, this, that, and the third, blah, 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 blah. Now, the docket for today. Right, we got quite the stack of manga to go over uh, today, right? We got Hajime no Ippo, Sakamoto Days, Kaiju Number no. 8, Chainsaw Man, Jujutsu Kaisen, and My Hero Academia, right? And of course, we have a topic of the week, which, what's it going to look like this week, Matt? It's the guy, oh, I'm sorry, it's the fable. <laughs> I was really going to take it. <laughs> I was like, it's the yo! <laughs> Just like, we was not going to be able to monetize table, that one out the gate. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and so, you know, stay tuned. Like I said, spoilers, so if you're not caught up, look at the timestamps, do what you got to do. We'll be here, ready for you. Without wasting any additional time, Matt, take us into Ipo, please. All right, so we at Hajime no Ipo, chapter Ipo. 1390. I'm just going to do my like Migos ad lib. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where we're at now, uh, Vorg is about to fight. Ipo is sitting in the back area in the, uh, with Wiley and Miguel warming up, and <laughs> he's thinking about the last time he was in the corner throwing away that fucking uh, the stool in the ring, and so now he's pondering if he should take his wrist weights off or if he should keep them on because he doesn't want to swing too hard and mess it up. And I mean, he is completely yeah. obsessing over this yes. for like three pages. <laughs> yes. And the weight of the situation is all over him. And then we cut to uh, Wally and Miguel and, I mean, well, we cut to Vork and Miguel and Wally tell Ipo to go look over, you know, watch the fight. So mm-hmm. Ipo starts to watch the fight and uh, Vorg silently admits that he now has a rib injury from sparring fucking mm-hmm. Rocky Balboa. A.K.A. Yeah, no, Epo. Epo in this picture in the fucking screenshot looking like Rambo. <laughs> like, man, he looking like Rambo 2 shredded, bro. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he pretty much silently admits that Epo gave him a rib injury where he probably has fractured ribs based off what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just how the artwork uh, was shown. So... Mm-hmm. The guy that he's fighting is similar to Ipo, but he's slower. And he gets him literally to fall right into the white fang, which typically is his signature, signature. two-punch combo, an uppercut in the left uh and a rear right hook. Hey! Sorry. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> and when he goes to throw it, he can't because of the tension on the right side of his body mm-hmm. from the body blow he took from Ipo. And his opponent charges in and he ends up swaying away. And Epo's watching, and everybody who at least knows him is watching. Is like, uh, this is why didn't right. he yeah. finish the white thing? He had yeah. it. It's like that's automatic. He could have been out of here quick. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the end of the chapter. One, Epo ass is goofy as hell. Hundred percent. I'm telling you, man. This dude, <laughs> god damn it, just. In the final panel, he's swinging the stool, practicing. Well, he's practicing swinging an invisible stool when it's like, it's not even that big a deal. Two, I noticed that the Wally shirt says Warly. Warly. Yeah. It. And two, and three, 
it took me a second to realize this that Wally has a tail on his outfit. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, if you go back and look at the tunnels, Wally has a tail that's coming off of the back of his uh, trunks, if you will, or the, the skirt or whatever the official term right. for it is right. that he wears. Um, other than that, that's it. I don't really have anything to say. I don't know what Vorg is going to do. Obviously, he's going to have to pull something off. Um, I don't realistically see him losing the belt. But it's also not Hajime no Vorg, so. Right. Uh, go ahead. You go into your thoughts, though. I mean, you could argue, too, that he might have some type of buff from being uh, that close to the main protagonist, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like the overarching effect of Ippo protects Vorg and all of Ippo's sons, as you put it in the past, from it's any children. type of failure. Yeah. Um, but no, my thoughts, I thought the team shirt, the Warly with the monkey logo was hilarious. Uh, Ippo straight up is having PTSD from the last time he was in charge of that corner stool. Uh, he comes to the conclusion that makes sense, though, keeping the wrist weights on. It was to the point where he was like losing sleep over not repeating his past mistake. Uh, like <laughs> talking about he hadn't slept well because he was thinking about it all night. I thought the Ricardo Martinez boulder on his shoulders is the funniest and most accurate depiction of the stress Ippo's feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, switching over to Vorg's title defense, I like. I actually kind of like this detail from Coach Dan Kishi, how he was able to size up the opposition that quick. Like, he took a look at his opponent's body and was like, oh, this dude packed on muscle. Like, he may seem slender or whatever, but, like, make no mistake. Because yeah. if you think about it, too, right, going from a weigh-in to a fight, sometimes there's a bit of time that has passed, even if it's just, like, 24 hours, but a lot can happen between the weigh-ins and the event, right? Rehydration, this, that, and the third. Um, so coming to the conclusion that, you know, getting in that sparring when Makunochi was the right call was interesting coming from Dankichi. But, you know, right now it's like everyone is in ignorance is bliss mode, right? And Vorg mm-hmm. is the one with like, hey, listen, y'all, um, I'm hurt. <laughs> like, you know, but it, I, this one, I kind of felt this one because if you have never suffered a rib injury, I've broken a rib and I've bruised uh, ribs on the other side of the side that I've broken. You probably don't understand what Vorg is going through. Uh, I mean, suffer. There is no brace. There is no cast for your ribs. Those things are basically freestanding and hook up to your muscles around your torso, your spine, etc. Right? A rib injury messes with your breathing. And here's the thing: you still gotta breathe, right? <laughs> so it's like even just by breathing, you're like aggravating your rib injury. So it's one of those injuries that makes you realize how much you take for granted. Just like like the God knee injuries. You gotta sneeze. Oh my oh god, my. dude, that's not even funny. Okay, Gosh. so I'm gonna go into a tangent right now about how the Ooh. last time I injured my ribs, like my coach, my wrestling coach was trying to make sure I was okay, but the dude kept on making me laugh. <laughs> so I'm just like, yo, stop. I was like, like, stop, stop. You're hurting me. Stop. And he just like kept cracking jokes, I guess, to get me out of that mindset or whatever. But I'm just like, hey. This also hurts. And then, dude, oh, the first time I broke a rib and I had to sneeze, dude, I thought I was going to die. Like, I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. I, I yeah. literally thought I was going to die. It, it, it Coughs, sneezes, anything involving breathing, really. Even you can't breathing. Breathe, and then just, you can't breathe the pain away because yeah, that is the pain. That is literally. You can't I, hold your breath. 
like your shit, your ribs are expanding along with your lungs, right? So it's like, it's, it's just what it is. So you're breathing and it's like, oh, something feels out of place. Also, this hurts. Hit me with some ibuprofen, right? Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's like, it's one of those injuries where you realize how much you take for granted. Uh, when even a movement that you use, like in Vork's case, the white fang, just the white fang, sorry, it just gets shut down by your ribs. Your ribs are going to be like, nah, player. And you're like, well, okay, my bad. I didn't mean to disrespect your ribs. Uh, so I, like kind of switching gears a little bit though. I thought it was hilarious again, how Epo is just so blissfully ignorant about that damage he dealt to Vork. Like what did he think was going to happen when he like unleashes, you know, the Dempsey Roll version three thousand, right? Like, oh, well, I'm I'm just a, a like, old retired boxer. I, like you know, this, I can't fight no more. This this I'm dude, just a retired dude. He had the audacity, Matt, to be like, "I wonder if something happened, nigga. You happened, like uh, it's you, boy. <laughs> like 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 he happened, right? Like I'm looking forward to the next chapter. I I also am on the on the same page. I don't think Borg is gonna lose. Um. I think he's just going to find a way because also keeping things 100% realistic is anyone ever truly at a hundred percent in a fight, right? There's always, there's always something that happens. There's always some injury that could be healing or yeah, I don't know. Um, but as a champion, he's got to find a way to win. And I think uh, considering like the crew we've gotten, like I said, the the main protagonist buffer, if you will, I don't, I don't see him losing that belt. Um, but other than that, I got nothing else. What's up? Oh, you want to get into our next one? Sure thing. Sakamoto Days, Yuto Suzuki. This time we're going into chapter 82 titled Aikido Love. Where did we leave off last chapter? Well, essentially, uh, Pai Mei, a.k.a. Satoda Sensei, right, is out here schooling these kids and basically, you know, let them know what time it is in terms of them being able to get a hit off on her, right? Fucking So, right? (laughs) Right when uh, Pai Mei throws Akira across the room, we see that Akira hits Natsuki Seba, right? AKA Young Face Mask, older brother, right? AKA, mm. you know, uh, Mr. Invisible, in- Invisibility Cloak, if you will, right? But with that being said, the situation has changed, and now Natsuki is joining the, the challenge, right? So we got our team seven Natsuki, Akira, <laughs> and Shin trying to get this bell off of. Kakashi, a.k.a. Satoda Sensei, a.k.a. Paimei. Let me get to a little summary, right? So for this chapter, Natsuki explains why the circumstances have changed and why he needs to team up with Shin and Akira to land this hit on Satoda Sensei. Let's get into the review. Uh, I think low-key, it would be crazy if Satoda Sensei and Takamura were either day one homies or if they were contemporaries of each other, or if Satoda Sensei can understand the mumbles, or if Takamura was even mumbling back then. Who knows? But <laughs> I, want, I think we should explore that at some point. Now, aside from the color page spread, I thought that this was a pretty lengthy chapter overall. Yeah, it was a little way, longer than usual. In the best way possible, because it gave me everything I was looking for and hoping for uh, in terms of, you know, what's good with our boy Mafuyu and what's good with Toromaru, right? Now, I can't ignore the color page spread because I know you agree, Matt. It was drippy as hell. It was beautiful. And I didn't I didn't think that Nagumo was that tatted up, but I kinda like how right. I kinda like how just the character designs in Sakamoto are I don't want to say extra, but they are they're great. Honestly. Every character we encounter is unique. Even the background characters are pretty unique too. They didn't like 
Yuto Suzuki doesn't have to go that hard, but they do for us. And we appreciate it. Right? Yeah. I like how the school bell, you know, no matter what franchise you're paying attention to, what anime, it's always going to be that king, kong, kong, kong. You know, you can like even like hear it while you're reading it. Now, this is where things start to get crazy with Sheen, right? Only a novice turns their back on an enemy. Let's go, Akira. Nigga is just, it's just tripping. <laughs> like, how has he not grasped How has this the, worked the, out so far? Yeah, right. Like, how has he not grasped the chasm, right? That is the, the gulf between his skills and Satota Sensei's skills, right? Natsuki mm-hmm. did him a favor by tripping him and causing him to fall in his face, right? And apparently mess up his forehead and nose because he had tears in his eyes. That's neither here nor there, but it was funny. Satota achieved legendary assassin status by using a martial art that's not even considered suitable for killing. That's hardcore as hell. And again, that's something like a young Hanma Yujiro would do for fun. Right? Let's not let's not forget that. Yujiro is war right quick. Yujiro, yeah, bro, seriously. Right? Sure enough, it was the call from Afuyu that changed the situation for Natsuki, right? We talked about it last week, and it seems like it was confirmed here, right? That whole Natsuki calling, not saying anything, but, you know, mm-hmm. hearing the people in the background from the, the, the X group, if you will. Um, and also, uh, my, uh, I'm sorry, Natsuki, sorry, it was Mafuyu who called and then same thing, but also Natsuki recognizing that, you know, anytime his little brother calls him and doesn't say anything, it means that he's in dire need of help. Uh, but he's just like kind of can't can't be, uh, he his ego won't let him admit it, right? His ego won't let him say it out loud, but that's the case. And it's cool. It was, it was honestly kind of cool to see that, that doting older brother side of Natsuki as well, right? Um, they may be abrasive individuals, but they care for each other, which is cool yeah, to that's see. Yeah, true. You know? Um, Toramaru is just different her fanatic uh, otaku side oh my is gosh always a good this time my new favorite seriously the fact that she switched up so easily after slur just looked at her crazy i did really miss mafuyu and his germophobia and all the comedy that ensues because mm-hmm. the from the start to almost the finish of the flashback because like leading up to the finish if you will because the actual finish was like oh things have gotten super serious but he's freaking out at every turn realizing how he spent the night without bathing, realizing, and that's actually something that I think would bother us too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, realizing how filthy his surroundings are. Won't even let Toramaru place a hand on him after she looked after him during his slumber without asking if she had washed her hands. The look on their faces when Toramaru trips over a sleeping Gaku. First of all, I didn't think Gaku was that big. Because uh, like when yeah. she trips over him, I was like, yo, this, this dude looks like a giant of a man. I didn't even recognize him at first until I saw that the ear was missing. Um, but like Gaku seems to be gigantic, which makes me think like how big is Slur too? Because I I feel like the first time we saw them together, right before they did that assault on the uh, JAA, um, where where Mr. Takamoto sliced the whole building, mm-hmm. um, it looked like they were close to the same height. Now, what was Slur mumbling in that room, dude? Apparently, it he was, was summoning serious. Mr. Takamura. <sighs> He was doing a spell. <laughs> Apparently, though, right, 
it was serious enough for my Fuyu's whole facial expression to change. My Fuyu's like, wait, is he summoning who I think he's summoning? No. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> uh, but then, and subsequently, like, later on, I think that event is probably what caused him to, you know, that coupled with Kashima saying, like, yeah, y'all got bombs in your bodies now. Uh, shout out to the androids, right? Uh, I think that was enough to trigger him calling his brother like that on the phone, right? I'm still just like, how did Kashima somehow get the jump on both Mafuyu and Toramaru, who, although kids, were seasoned assassins when jumping into the entrance exam, right? So it's like, the fact that he was able to get the jump on them kind of says something about Kashima. And can I say something? I like Kashima when the mask is on, dude. I forgot, like, all the... The cuts and the incisions on his face, like I'm like, bro, yeah, like, I'm I cool. I forgot cool. that was the same guy. I'm cool. Like you can, you can, you can keep that mask on, Playboy. I think it suits you. Um, the cockroach, hilarious. And RIP to that cockroach. <laughs> like, thing just got eviscerated All from this earth, precious. and then you know, stomp. Uh. <laughs> They, like, Toromaru and Mafui really got jumped in and more so got held hostage by the by Slur's group, right? They got mm-hmm. bombs implanted into them. At the end of the day, though, messed up as it is, let's not forget that, you know, they got some benefits, right? Remember that chapter where they're talking about the benefits associated? Like, they get health care, unlimited vacation or something like that. Yeah, like, like, come on. You know, okay, you know, maybe what they're doing is a little chaotic, you know, just a, just a bit, but, you know, the benefits, though. Now, this is where I was kind of tripping out a little bit. Kashima had time to implant bombs into them, right? While they were incapacitated. Mm -hmm. Are we sure that Mafuyu's phone isn't compromised? Um, I'd be like, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if it's within the realm of possibility to say that they would go that far, but I just feel like it is. Right, like how I, I'm, I'm just saying, I would be surprised if that call out to Natsuki went unnoticed. Is all I'm saying. Like, if he had the time to implant bombs, the like same why, like it was why a pocket dial, though. I don't know if it, because no, he had his hand in his pocket, and you hear to go beep, right? Mm. Like, and Natsuki even says like that's what he does when he needs help, right? So, but I'm just saying, is the phone. Like, how do you know that there's no listening device put on the phone or there's no spyware that was put on the phone while he was asleep? Um, this is an assassin world, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not it's not espionage isn't like, you know, it's not it's associated with that kind of stuff. Right. So I'm just saying, like. I think they knew that he made that call. Excuse me. I wouldn't or I'd rather say I wouldn't be surprised if they knew about him making that call, even though he was like trying to be on the sneak tip about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause remember he, he was asleep the whole time. He woke up, Toromaru was like, Hey bro, the ice cream's melted. Right. So who knows what went down and when he was asleep. And who wants melted ice cream. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, last thing I gotta say, well, engineering has entered the chat. What type of two by four technology, shout out to the kids next door, are they going to use to land a hit on Satota Sensei? <laughs> also, I knew you'd like that kids next door reference. Also, again, what's good with Sakamoto? How's Kaji doing? And how far along is Amane? That's all I got. What'd you have on this chapter, bro? You covered most of it. I the first shit I thought about was like, how like I'm consistently now I'm you basically like thinking about this timeline of like how long does Sakamoto have left? Right. It it's this is still technically the same day. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it is. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, all right. So what's what's next? Yeah. Because, you know, we got we got some things to to settle. Um, outside of that, yeah, it, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't. I, I'm thinking about your point about they didn't know that he made the call. I mean, they also let them keep their weapons. Like right. that's how not threatened they seem to be. That and it's also highlighted by the fact that Gaku didn't even wake up. Yeah, and they tripped over him. Right. Full on ran into this man. Right. And they're they're just not being considered threats, I guess. Um but it it's also one of those things maybe it's the chainsaw man that's got me like just anxious <laughs> whenever I'm reading anything now. Um but it 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 just feels like I don't know if lulling us into a false sense of security or whatever. It's like I just don't think they would let they'd be that like uh laissez faire. You know what I mean? I don't think they'd be like that loose with it. Cause remember, Tashimo was telling them about the benefits package, and then, oh, by the way, have you guys seen Saw? You got bombs in your bodies, right? Like treating them to all this food. And then, oh, also, if you betray us or you do anything we don't like, we will blow you up. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this shit really can go either way. Sakamoto Days delivers, like you just said, pretty much every week. Right. Um, I enjoyed all of the color pages. Uh, I don't know if I knew that that girl's hair was blue, though. I, I think, felt like that caught me by surprise, but I felt like I also knew that, if that makes any sense. Right. Because that's how they drew uh, Akita. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, it's not it's not too far out of the realm of possibility, right? No, it's definitely not. Right. Um, yeah, man, I enjoyed it. What we get, what we get uh, next up, unless you have any final thoughts. Oh, no, you take us right into Kaiju. Well, get... Yeah. <clears throat> Damn near wanted to say the Shinjuku incident. Um, we got <laughs> Kaiju number eight, chapter 68, uh, eagerly waiting for the coming of the war. Uh, so we're going to get into it. We start off with the captain that nine previously battled. Uh, his conscience is pretty much starting to fade within monster number nine, which I thought was actually really like a freaky ass thing to put in here. Like, just imagine how scary that is. It's like, like you know, like we've seen, like, get out and shit, right? And then, hey, like, yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep, that sunken he place. That, <laughs> he in the sunken place was, like, clearly shrinking down within that space. Like, oh, man, I'm out of time. My consciousness is fading, right? So quick, somebody get a camera. I'm sorry. Damn. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. And, um, and then we start seeing in random areas in Japan... Mm-hmm. Kaiju are popping up. Mm-hmm. Large kaiju. Uh, not not all extremely big, but mostly really big kaiju, like the likes that we haven't seen before. And they actually don't look anything like any of the other kaiju we've seen, except maybe like one official, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but all kind of varying in creepiness and size. And just in the things that they're doing, like 
One of them was making craters in a mountain. One of them was just running past cars, you know, just trying to run faster than the cars. Another one was sucking up all the fish. You know, others just floated around and didn't do anything. So it's like, uh-oh, you know, it's, it's about to be that time. Mm-hmm. Um, then our boy, old Fox Eyes, pulls up. Mm. And, you know, he's giving us a little bit of information um, that he's come across uh uh, as it concerns the impending disaster, as he refers to it, <laughs> with uh, number nine. We get a little bit of a cutback to uh, the captain fading away. He's like, man, we got to leave it to this next generation. And all of that. And it finishes off with him seeing his daughter's face. Mm-hmm. Transition over. She's trying to wear her mom's suit, the number four suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just took it as, like I told you via text, that they just passing it off, but you saying she finna have to train with it. Um, and that pretty much was the end of the chapter. Like I've already said, the whole sunken place thing you're doing with number nine, I imagine it's just like horrifying. That just, it was freaking me out personally. Right. Um, and I like that it feels like now there's more of a sense of urgency. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've had, like you've been mentioning, is nobody worried about how much time we have? You know what I'm saying? Right. We've been getting a lot of time with people training and people trying to have their little growth and stuff like that, not to downplay it or anything, but you get what I'm saying? Like, there's been a lot of that. Whereas I feel like now you got something to worry about because Kaiju is just popping up with no warning. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just appearing like, materializing from the damn ether. Because we can. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. um, That's pretty much my thoughts on the chapter. How'd you feel? Let me tell you something, sir. Uh, First things first, the Kaiju number eight anime was announced earlier this week in case you haven't heard. Let's go. Let's just get that out the way. Right. Um, This is a chapter that Matt basically just said, right. But I've been asking for, and it was almost perfect if not for the ending. And Matt and I texted about this. Well, it was really me like grumbling to Matt about the ending, right? But if it weren't for the ending, this would have been the perfect chapter for me. Um, and I'll get to why I think it was almost perfect uh, toward the end of my, my thoughts, my review, if you will. But I really like how distinct these new kaiju are. Um, I don't know if you felt this way, but it really reminded me of Evangelion and how distinct they are, Right. Like, if you ever watch Evangelion, you know that the angels, basically the monsters in the series, are a mixed bag. And that's an understatement, right? Yeah. You could get anything from a perfect cube to something straight out of your nightmares on a given episode, right? And doesn't matter what it looks like, it's a problem, right? Um, but the distinctness of the kaiju just made me think Evangelion for a second. And it looks like there are at least three kaiju, so like gigantic you know, earth stompers, if you will, to worry about. But out of the rest, a few caught my eye. The speedster kaiju and yeah. uh, brain pigtails. The reason why I'm singling out yeah. brain pigtails, one who was just floating in the middle, like what looks like that famous intersection in Shibuya. Um, you know it uses some kind of telekinesis, right? <laughs> and you know it's going to be a problem. And it really just looked like this next generation of kaiju that kaiju number nine has been, you know, percolating, creating, incubating, however you want to put it was just sent out there for either recon or to test drive their capabilities. 
I, I say the test drive part specifically because, you know, a lot of them were just punching craters in the mountains or like uh, racing, know, cars. Biting, racing cars, biting into like oil vats, however you want, oil barrels or whatever, right? Uh, the shark looking one was just like, I'm hungry, right? So, so it's just out here test driving their capabilities or again, doing reconnaissance. Uh, uh, Brain Pigtails, high key was probably doing reconnaissance. Like, hello, humans. Like, I don't <laughs> know. But the eye patch general, uh, he was giving me a no nonsense police chief vibe, right? He's about to call someone a loose cannon for no reason. Talking about the, the mayor's on my ass, right? <laughs> like, right? Like one of those dudes from like, shout out to every 80s movie featuring like either, you know, like uh, Clint Eastwood or whatever. Like, you're loose cannon, you know, dirty Harry or some shit like that. I don't know. But uh, all jokes aside, resources are stretched hella thin right now. Thin enough that it's like if they even pull out the numbered suits, it's not a guarantee that they'll have a shot at winning the whole thing outright. I think a lot of this is going to hinge probably directly on Kafka when it comes. When, you know what I'm saying? When the rubber hits the road, if you will, uh, or meets the road, if you Who, will. Who, the main character? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> for sure. Oh, he is the main character? I had no clue. Uh, <laughs> that's low-key a burn. Cause if, well, if you guys have been listening to the episodes... You know where that that joke came from, <laughs> but still, way still, <laughs> right, right. Um, shout out to Hoshina, old fox eyes, right, for saying what we've been saying and waiting for, right? The impending disaster, if you will. Although, why was that statement shocking to all the other folks in the room? Like, weren't they yeah, all like at the last meeting? Like, they were at the last meeting, right? Am I tripping? No, they were at that last meeting. So why is this shocking? Um. I'm excited to see who the other candidates for the numbered suits are, right? I mean, that could be a potential slowdown, but it would make sense in the sense that, like, oh, yeah, introducing this, you know, such and such, such and such, such and such. They'll also be on this mission, right? I would imagine captain classes are eligible, so I'm going to throw this out. What if Mina gets a suit? Because she doesn't have a numbered suit, if I recall correctly. And I'd imagine there are a few other rookies, too. Now, the next time, though, what's good with Kaiju 10 and Hoshina? We still don't know. Like, remember, yeah, you bringing everybody like, else to a suit and shit. Where yours at? Kaiju Ten was like, hey, we gotta fight. You know, that's my only condition. Fight with me, right? Um, battle crazy ass monsters. But uh, and also, Narumi is gonna be getting the suit number one, right? I think he's got Kaiju number one's eyes. So now it's like, oh, he's just gonna get the whole shebangity bang, right? What's a what's a full power Narumi gonna look like? Well, you know. Um, but I'm kind of curious as to General Izao Shinomiya's, like that uh, Kikoru's dad, right, who was in the sunken place, that consciousness fading into black. Scary as hell. Let's be real. The sunken place. I don't know. What was that movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey, Interstellar? I don't know. Like that one scene where he's basically trapped outside of space time and is watching events unfold. Yeah. I remember seeing that in theaters, and I was like, "That's probably what hell is." <laughs> like, that's like I was like, "That's probably what hell is," because uh, that shit freaked me out. Um, but I'd imagine, like, like that is that what Izao is going through, bro? Um, but so the reason why I'm mentioning this, what does this mean in terms of Kaiju Nine's power level? Because remember, it's like he was like, "I'm holding on to this consciousness," and there were veins popping all over his face. So it's like, was he low key kind of holding back Kaiju Nine? In a sense, like restraining Kaiju Nine in some way, shape, or form. Let me find out. So that could be right. 
So what does that mean, bro? What does that mean for Kaiju 9's power level if he's able to suppress, you know, his last blocker, if you will, right? Now, as far as Shinomiya's concerned, I have a feeling he's not dead. And I feel like Kikoru is going to somehow reach him mid-battle and either Kafka or Kikoru, or it might just be Kafka, will be able to separate him from Kaiju 9. Uh, I'm going to throw that out there now. I don't, I don't know how it's going to play out, but it's like, you know, I don't know. It, it wouldn't be the first time we've seen something like this in a manga. Um, now, why I thought this wasn't perfect. We might have to get another potential delay from the final battle if they're going to spend time with Kikoru's training to make her mother's previous number suit, suit number four, hers. Now, granted, Kikoru is 100% a prodigy, but we've seen that even with another prodigy, uh, prodigy in the Veno, right? Even he needed to double check and make sure he could handle the power coming off of the number six suit. But I think we'll 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 like we'll get a slight slow down, uh, slow down sorry, with her mastering the suit and sparring with Natami, who again, reminder, he's also requiring suit number one. But I'd wager rather than us getting that, we will probably get a time skip in the next chapter. I'll wager it. I'm not wagering actual money, but it's like, I think the only thing that would make sense now would be a time skip. Um, especially with like, you know, with Shinomiya's consciousness fading and then him being like, it's up to the next gen, right? It's only fair to get a time skip. Especially now that they've given us the, the impending doom. It's like, hey, these kaiju are starting to show up, bro. Like, you know, knock, knock, who's there? Final battle, right? Um... That being said, dude, mommy, lend me your strength. I think that kind of goes hard to close the chapter out. Uh, I still want to know what's good with that kaiju phantom we saw two chapters ago. But that's me. I got nothing else to add, man. Yeah, we didn't forget about the kaiju phantom. No, we did not. Just just don't make that mistake. We didn't forget. Uh, somebody got to tell me something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, I like that theory. I like that theory. Like, it could be bro just whole ass was not attacking yet because he was still trying to suppress this dude. Yeah, which is like, nigga, how strong are you that even like, as a yeah. spirit? <laughs> like, right. He still, his spirit, I still ain't going. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was cool with the chapter, man. It was like, good. He was just like, it's Kafka, the main character. He had one panel in this chapter, man. <laughs> right. Like that's true. Oh, he you don't even got a whole me. page. Right. He's like, you gotta tell me he's a main character. I forget, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh man. All right, you wanna go into Chainsaw Man, brother? You know what? I will go into Chainsaw Man. So we get chapter 101, after school, Devil Hunters. So um, Asa is still running around with her friend. Mm-hmm. And at this point, they're, they've decided, I guess, is this still part of their devil hunting mission? They decided to take a break, right? Mm-hmm. Um, get a little something to eat and all that. And while they're sitting there, her friend decides to get up for a second. Uh, she had to go to the bathroom. And then the war devil pops up and is like, we should kill her. Get her some straight. <laughs> Scarab from Blue Beetle, like, come on now, Jaime Reyes. Like, that was all I was thinking about when I was reading it. And she was like, no, like, what is wrong with you? Why does it always got to be murder? I was like, right. war, I'm the war devil. Like, I don't know. But 
she also explains to her that part of the the war devil power is with turning people into weapons, the more of an affinity she has for them, the stronger of a weapon they'll be. Mm-hmm. So even though at the time <clears throat> she folds on her killing this girl, she does tell her, like, it's fine. I'll just let you like like her more because right. the better friend you become with her, the more dangerous of a weapon she'll be. And then they argue some more where she tells her, stop calling me girl. I have a name. My name is Asa. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, fine, well, then give me a name. And it was just like, it was like, no, you don't call me my name. And it's like, but saying, hey, war devil is kind of a lot. So the war devil decides to give itself a name, which is Yoru. Mm-hmm. So now Asa and Yoru is how we will be referring to them. Or, you know, the war devil, if that's not too much for you to say. Mm-hmm. Um, they go past this guy that's on the street. And he's talking about, like, pretty much our devils are, like, running rampant and the probability of being killed by one. And like, seven out of every 20 people gets either killed or attacked by a devil, right? Mm-hmm. As we're hearing him and, and they're, you know, marching on past, they come across this freaky-ass bat devil <laughs> that is one... Man, with the crazy eyes, this devil pops up. It's like biting this guy's arm off, killing all these people. And they're scared. And so Asa's like, shit, I'm finna turn into the war devil. And the war devil's like, yo, so... Uh, um, slight hiccup. <laughs> we're not strong enough to beat that devil in our current state. And we don't really got a current state because I can't take over your body when you <laughs> scare shitless. Right. And you are scared right now, so... Just ease on back, don't run, <laughs> don't panic. And it's like, yeah, there's no way they're not going to run. And then they take off running, and the war devil's like, didn't I tell you not to run? And that was the end of the chapter. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It's, we're going to see what ends up happening. Um, real quick, I was texting. I want to say I want to say I texted you this, and I might have texted Bryce this too, like, this has been kind of cool for me so far. Uh, reading, I guess, part two, right, of yeah. Chainsaw Man, where like, as it stands right now, just from the perspective that the story is being told, Chainsaw Man is now the antagonist, mm-hmm. because we're seeing this from the perspective of somebody who wants to take the Chainsaw Man now, obviously making them the protagonist, whatever. But like, it's interesting just seeing seeing it flipped on his head, kind of like that. I just wanted to point that out. Mm-hmm. Um, do I have any final thoughts on this? No, not really. I like the the characterization and just like that little moment between the War Devil and Asa and the War Devil making that decision that that's the name, but us also getting an explanation of the powers. I thought that was good. I agree. But yeah, those are my thoughts. You can go ahead and to yours if you would like, sir. Let me tell you something, man. This chapter was straight trash. I, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I say, uh, what was I gonna say? Um, oh, random thought, and this is a thought I had when uh, we were, you were talking about the war devil giving itself the name Yoru, right? So I remember you sent me, I think it was like a Reddit thread about his Pochita, Chainsaw Devil, so on and so forth. This and the third. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like skimmed it. And then I'm like thinking about this now, right? 
So when we first meet War Devil Yoru, it's not in the form of what you would probably expect a war devil to look like. It's an owl, mm-hmm. a small animal. When we first meet the chainsaw devil and people are still like wondering if Pochita is the chainsaw devil, we see Pochita, right, on Earth. So war devil calling itself Yoru. And then, well, we don't know if Pochita gave itself the name Pochita or if Denji gave war or chainsaw devil the name Pochita, but I'm starting to see a lot of similarities there, right? Now, where am I going with this? I think there's a high chance. I mean, at this point, I, I think it's kind of, you can't really doubt it that Pochita is the chainsaw devil, right? Chainsaw man, chainsaw devil, however you want to put it. Um, the big difference that we're seeing right now between war devil, Asa, and then Pochita and Denji War Devil Yoru has taken over Asa's brain to a certain degree, ate most of Asa's brain and left whatever it was War Devil needed to leave intact intact. Pochita replaced Denji's heart, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's, there's some type of uh, dichotomy there. I don't know where it's headed, but I figured I'd mention this because it's probably going to play some type of significance, I think. Um, it might just be something to keep in mind, but that was that's literally just what came spur of the moment uh, after listening uh, to what you had to say. Now, in terms of my thoughts with regards to this chapter, I think we need to talk about how commonplace devil hunting seems to be as an activity in this world. Yuko is talking about going devil hunting with Asa as a means to get away from the stress of high school life. Oh, you didn't hear me? I'll say it one more time. Yuko is talking about going devil hunting with Asa as a means to get away from the stress of high school life, yo. Think about that for a second. Now, Matt said it last school, bro. Right, right. Matt said this last chapter. Don't trust anyone. But so far, Yuko's intentions seem to be genuine. Uh, Not to mention they find that they have some common ground in the fact that they were both orphaned by devils. I'm still not putting anything past Yuko, right? Again, could it be the friendship devil, which sounds funny as hell to say even now uh, after Matt introduced that concept last last week, right? But it's like, we don't know, right? We just don't know. Now, Yoshida just happened to skip school, huh? Right. Mm -hmm. Skip school. Dude's probably on an S-class mission. He ain't slick. Interesting tidbit that you don't need a college education to be a devil hunter. That explains how Denji was able to get recruited that easily. Because that dude had no education. I was about to say, y'all thought Goku couldn't do shit. Hey, no. People need to stop saying it. Goku was taught to read and write by Master Roshi. Goku can read. Goku can write. Like, don't don't sleep on my man. Just because he's not the best parental figure (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna leave it alone. Yeah, I was like, don't dig him a hole. I'm gonna just leave it alone. But Goku is literate. Like, let's not let's not trip out here. If all right, so. Re- go read your go reread your Dragon Ball. All right, here. But uh, you know, you call War Devil a scare. Like compared War Devil to the scare from Blue Beetle, War Devil is a Black Air Force One or just the embodiment of bad thoughts. Uh, that being said, so like you Black said, Reebok, then. <laughs> That being said, (laughs) 
Bro, what you got against Reeboks? Uh, anyway, that being said, <laughs> we got to explore that at some point. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, War Devil creating the most powerful weapons when the people she makes the weapons out of feel the most betrayed, right? Like you said, the affinity. Um, I think that circles back to why she wanted to make Yoshida hers, right? Um, but fun fact, Yoru means knight, if I recall correctly, in Japanese. With this, it seems like War Devil is kind of opening. So it's like, you know, uh, given the names or whatever, but it also looks like they're kind of opening up to each other. But mm -hmm. Asa is still not feeling it, right? Um, and it looks like this Chainsaw Man universe also has a State Street preacher. If you're from Chicago, you know what I'm talking about. Now, mm -hmm. Bad Devil, Crazy Eyes. And basically telling us the devil hunting life ain't for everybody. Uh, that's, that's all I'm going to say. You need to see those panels if you need further details. It's a Fujimoto series, so you know there will be further details. The timing on Yoda's two points about, you know, we can't beat Bat Devil in this state and I can't take over when you're, like, you know, scared shitless. Hilarious. Uh, cue that run music, right? Whatever that trendy run sounds like, like that's all I heard. Also, is this the same bat devil that was holding uh meowy hostage back in the earlier chapters of part one? I'm curious, right? Because that, awesome. that that bat devil last time was defeated by by Denji chainsaw devil, however you want to call it. So, I'm assuming it went to hell, right? Because Technically, Denji didn't eat it. He killed it. So I'm wondering if it went back to hell. And this is just like another tour on Earth, right? Because it's, it's interesting. At least I get the feeling that a lot of devils just get recycled uh, in a sense. But that's all I had. Uh, fun chapter. Yeah. Shall we go into Jujutsu Kaisen? I think we shall, sir. Jujutsu Kaisen. Gege Atachami. Chapter 193, Sakurajima Colony, Part 3. Where'd we leave off? Naoya, Naoya just digivolved into a stronger cursed spirit and dispatched Kamo. Yeah, I said what I said. <laughs> now, a little summary. Cursed womb Naoya can't be that strong, can he? Uh, uh, let me hmm. tell y'all something. This chapter hurt my feelings. Uh, it did. This is not what I wanted. This is not... Gege Akutami, if you're listening and we know that you are, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I wanted, yo. This is not... This. I'm going to get into the review. I'm honestly surprised at how seamless the combination of Noritoshi and Maki seems to be. Uh, have they really partnered up before? Like, I, they've been in battle together, but, you know, West Side versus East Side, you know, uh, Jujutsu Campus, like, were they really... Did it, were they really like that in the past? I don't I think guess so. Because so, they just work in, they work in that world. It's seamless, right? It, it's, it's seamless right now. Or is it because like they've seen each other in action so many times, it just became innate for them to work together, right? It's possible. Um, can a curse transformed from a human really retain its former ego to such an extent? Why is Noritoshi asking this question? Like he wasn't around for Rika. He even mentioned Rika. And isn't based like, is this still considered uncharted waters for jujitsu? Isn't that what Sukuna basically is? Like, if you think back to like what they were saying about Sukuna, Sukuna was originally a sorcerer, turned into the monster that he is, and essentially the king of curses, right? So, 
Why why is Noritoshi that surprised? And I don't know. It just it just seemed out of place. Um that projection sorcery, aka the frame rate manipulation that Naoya's curse technique is known for, or or the curse technique Naoya is known for, really. Um, but it looks like Naoya as a curse spirit has taken it to the nth degree. Nigga, his curse womb evolution has basically added a turbocharger to his body. Like Man. it's it's not even the same. Like, and it, if you look at the way his curse uh, form is shaped, it looks very aerodynamic. Like, he basically looks like a hot rod or, um, like, I, it, it's almost like a, a, a plain fuselage without any unnecessary bits. Like, it makes sense why he doesn't have any arms or legs. Like, he doesn't really need them for what he's about to do, right? Uh, those blood caltrops that Noritoshi was trying to put around, so, you know, I guess Naoya's form could, like, trip over him or get hurt by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, in the face of the speed force, those and Maki's zero curse energy amounted to nothing. Uh, Naoya charging up that strike, very reminiscent of the Flash charging up one of his punches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the coldest part about this, the coldest part, this is what kind of broke my heart a little bit, isn't necessarily Maki's apparent defeat. And even though this chapter broke my heart, I don't think she's out. There's got to be another level she can tap into. I believe in my heart of hearts that there's another level that she's going to tap into. But the coldest part is the fact that Naoya is still such a dick, right? Like, no way I once lost to this, man. Fuck you, dude. Like, like, seriously, dude. Bro, and it was just like, damn near near half the chapter was about how this motherfucker had retained so much of himself. Right. It's like, he's still such an asshole, man. It's like, yeah, he just retained all the... It makes sense if he came back as a curse that he would right. only retain the worst parts of his person. <laughs> right, and then they just got, like, accentuated to the nth degree, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Maki saw the attack and was still able to deal some damage somehow. I choose to believe <laughs> that she saw it and still was able to deal some type of damage that might manifest or might not manifest until later. But I refuse to believe that Toji 2.0, Maki, ult, ultimate, Ultra Instinct Maki. Yeah. Hidden Potential Maki. Hidden Potential Maki. I refuse to believe that this is going to take her out. I refuse to believe that. I agree. He is too strong for it to, for it to, for it to, to go this way. Nuh-uh. No. Mm-mm. I re- I'm going to be like Tracy. I refuse. No. 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 Nuh-uh. No. Hell no. But no. I refuse. No. Like, that's. That's just me right now. That Tracy Morgan, uh, uh, Bruce Willis movie, I forget what it is, but you know that whole scene where he's just like, I mm-hmm. review, no, that's me right now. Like, I get into your thoughts, bro. <laughs> I respect it. I, I 100% respect it. I, at first, I was just like, there's no way they handed her an L when she finally shows up. You know, mm. we've been waiting on this. There's no way. Mm. Um, On top of that, like I like I was saying a little bit when I jumped in, you know, it's crazy that he just retained all the worst parts of his personality coming back. But hey, right. you know, motherfuckers a curse, so right, that makes sense to a degree. Um, I think you know what I I agree. I I believe that Maki has done something. I mean, look, we just got through reading an arc with a guy that brought his face back. Got his ribs blown off, brought those back. You know listen, what I'm saying? Listen. The impossible is possible in this manga. So right. 
it's actually no way to really count anybody out unless they flat out confirm that the person is dead. Right. If it has not been flat out confirmed, your shit, don't trust it. Right. <laughs> don't trust it. Like, because you can't. Not really. Not at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I just, I, I wanted Maki to have a more dominant showing right away. Yeah, just because it's just the last few arcs were like that, and I don't, I don't mean to like kind of harp on that. It just was just, you know, just kind of how I felt. I mean, so, to to supplement what you're saying, like, uh, what's I forget her name, the girl who was on the broomstick was like, she's a monster now, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, and then we switch over to her in the calling game, right? Like, remember how hyped we were when we saw her show up? We're like, yeah, we're just like, like, no, nah. yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, we'll see what happens. Motherfuckers flying at Mach three, right? So, I mean, I know I couldn't stop some shit that was coming at Mach three, so I don't really got room to talk. I'm not gonna play couch quarterback over here, but you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I, I got nothing else, man. Um, I'm I'm still tuned in. Like, don't get it twisted. I'm watch. I'm I'm gonna read the next Jujutsu Kaisen whenever it drops, bro. Like. I yeah. gotta see. I gotta see this through. I got got to see it through, my boy. You know what I'm saying? Got yeah. to see it through. Well, we finna see through something else in a second. Man. Well, take us there, man. If you gotta get your lighters up one time. Oh man, get your lighters up. Pour <sighs> pour one out for the homie. Listen, spoilers ahead, cause ladies and gentlemen, we got a death. Listen, my hero, Academia, chapter three sixty two. Called it's so hard to say goodbye. Oh my bad. You funny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Called light fades to rain. We got um we got Sun Eater pretty much letting off this uh the vast hybrid plasma cannon, Mm -hmm. as he was calling it, against um against your boy Tamura, and then we get Togata, aka the million, he pulls up, yop, hit the with the glide through punch and all that, and they land this attack, and bro is just like, yeah, that's nothing, and I'm just like, damn, okay, some Tamora itchy ass is still alive, <laughs> like, it didn't even really hurt him, and then we see Bakugo get up, and almost in like a zombie like state, start walking towards Tamora, and he starts to charge up with his battleizer. And Best Genius is just like, yo, hold on. And the first attack Tamora does, he completely whiffs it because Bakugo dodges it. Mm-hmm. And Bakugo charges up essentially everything that's left of his power. And right at the moment of him releasing that, we see him in his school uniform facing this semi-ghost form of uh, All Might. And he pulls out his uh pulls out his all might trading, trading card. card. And like, yeah. man, I always wanted you to sign this. We get the infamous flashback of him as a kid, and um, simultaneously as Bakugo lets off this one final attack, um, Shigaraki is being attacked by literally everyone that's there. It's like simultaneously an attack, simultaneously trying to save Bakugo, um, so that he doesn't get touched. And um, the blast that he lets off blows actually a hole 
through a little bit of the shielding uh, around the school's like frame, you know, the floating school thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it changes the weather. And uh, it starts raining. And his parents are like, our kid is no fan of the rain. And we find out that Bakugo has died. Um, essentially, with the way his powers are set up, and with the amount of energy he was charging and given the damage that he had taken um, as he tried to charge up this one final attack the back end result of that was his heart exploded mm. so unless they found a, up a real miracle Bakugo is now dead um, not the death I was expecting and I knew someone was going to die soon. Oof. But goddamn, Bakugo. I didn't have it on my bingo card. I'm, not, I'm damn near ashamed to say that. I really thought he had enough plot armor just being the number two to the main character that he was going to be all right. Right. Because, what I mean, you know, cool. It's obviously, it's like a good, you know... I don't want to say a good death because that sounds fucked up, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a good scene. It was a good surprise, at least for me. It's it's a twist. Yeah, it was a twist for sure. So, oh, damn. But yeah, man, R.I.P. Bakugo. That's that's all I really got. But you, you go ahead, TJ. They, they got my man Bakugo out the game. I mean, I wasn't really that much of a Bakugo fan anyway, so no, I'm kidding. Uh, Damn. It's like well, I'm still okay, on that I for will, the bullying. Yeah, I'm, you know, high key, I'm just like, nigga. Piccolo, will I go to heaven? Nigga, please. <laughs> Bro, take your ass over there and blow up. Don't even oh, do that right now. Oh, man. Uh, nah, I didn't think that it, his heart exploded, man. All right, here's the thing, though. I'm very reticent to say that he's dead. I thought Sasuke died when they went against Haku, only to find out later that Haku avoided his uh, vital points or whatever. Now, I'm yeah, not saying, I'm not saying that she, stuff. she got Aki for one. You know, it was was out here like, I'll be merciful. But um, but I, I to me, it's like I was thinking about it as I was driving from training uh, this morning, I was just like, man, if Deku were right there, I wonder what the effect could have been. It could have been like on some uh, Krillin dying in front of Goku, right? On Namek. Uh, I'm just like, where are you, Deku? And what 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 what's your emotional state going to be? Like, forget even necessarily if he comes into the scene, like how, well, you know, I'll just get into my thoughts because I talked about this. But so... First things first, when Bakugo said, take good care of everyone, that's usually the sign that someone is resolute with their next few actions and have accepted the outcome is certain death. Uh, mm-hmm. If we can, you know, take our manga and anime and even just drama tropes into consideration, that's usually the first sign that, you know, no, someone's not going to be in the next episode, right? Uh, shout out to Best yeah, Genus for... for <laughs> That's always funny. That blooper is always funny. Um, shout out to Best Genus for bracing up Bakugo's arm because he did have some arm bracing going on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this made me think of... Not like it matters. Like the, the same... 
the same energy, the same vibes that Endeavor had when he, well, well, we'll see. I hope we see what was good with that. But right before All for One grew an eye and an ear back and, you know, Endeavor was just burning hot, hot, hot. Same here. It's mm-hmm. like flames burn brightest right before they go out, right? With his mind being resolved, he subconsciously yeah, he triggered. Yeah, like he, he subconsciously triggered a new evolution in his quirk where basically his explosive sweat is now coming out of his whole body. Like he basically pulled a Shinra. Um, even the way it was drawn was low key like when Shinra unleashes like um that time space speed, right? Mm-hmm. Where he does that thing that uh uh Benny Maru told him like to do with his fingers or whatever to unlock yeah. it. Like that's what it reminded me of, like cause it was like he was with Best Genius, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's like all up in uh, Shigaraki from one space, and he's like dodging shit, and he's just like hella fast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the way like his thoughts are like, man, is this what you've been going through, Izuku, this whole time? Also, significant, even in his head, he's not calling him Deku, he's calling him Izuku. Like, that's how you know Homie was ready to die. Like, this is like Vegeta apologizing right. during the Cell games. He's like, Gohan, I'm sorry. I was like, Oh, so we really are about to die, right? Like, like, like this, mm-hmm. like, dude, uh, man, what did all for one see in that flashback when he got pissed, pissed, right? He saw, shit, he saw that he moment, saw this, oh my, knocked his fucking face no, off, No, dude, that was the second, I think that was the second wielder of um, One for All, because remember, the second wielder of One for All is one who turned it into One for All, right? Yeah. Like. He was the one who's uh, uh, all for one's little brother handed him the power, right? That's mm-hmm. how it like started. That's how the stockpiling started, or whatever. And up to that point, it's like, was he and the third wielder? Because the third wielder was a sidekick. Were they like the most successful at actually like uh, hurting all for one? Um, there's a lot. There's a lot. Like I was even just researching like the users and the second wielder because I was like, is that the second wielder? And there's a lot of theories out there around like why that second wielder is so important. And you got to remember too, like when they were first introduced in the astral plane, their backs were facing Deku. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's some significance there. And like, I feel like, like they're, they're going to be, they're going to be uh, critical for the victory. Right. But, um, that panel after him, Holding the trading card was heartbreaking. And by him, I mean, I'm talking about Bakugo, right? Mm -hmm. Then we cut to his parents, bro. It's like, I mean, okay. Granted, they're not saying that he's dead, but it's like anytime you see a cut like that, I'm still hesitant to say that he's dead, but it's like anytime you get some shit like that, it's like rainy day. Parents being like, oh, I hope our son is okay. He really hates the rain. Uh, You might as well just add the teacup crack right the the bad omen symbol or some shit like that and then dude the looks of horror on all of their faces when they see what happened to him bro like Aizawa like he's like Jesus Christ Monoma Jesus Christ best genius best genius is like oh my dear god in heaven like it's just everybody's just horrified man it's like hey with we're just kids. <laughs> like, 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 I don't know. It's like, yeah. like these some kids, man. We, this isn't Tokyo Avengers. Like, like, I'm just, uh, 
Yeah. And I also just cannot help but think about how Aoyama was still a bitch, bro. I still couldn't let that go. Oh, I said he couldn't bro, even get bro, him bro, for bro, that. Bro, 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 you, you just cut me too soon. I had something for that too. But check My this bad, out. Bro. Check this out. Oh, you ain't wrong. Um, Check this out, though. This is what I was alluding to when I was talking about Deku and like how he gets his news or how he reacts when he gets his news. But like, somebody's going to have to report this up the chain. Right. Remember that All Might is still quarterbacking the whole thing from like that little headquarters they got set up. Right. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to have to relay that news. What happens when it gets relayed up the chain? Like how devastating is this going to be for morale? What like is Deku going to be in range for comms to work for him again? What's going to happen when he hears this shit? Like, like I, I could see Deku going Super Saiyan. I'm not even kidding when I say that. Like I can honestly see some type of transformation where it's like, Maybe he goes berserker, and the former users of One for All have to rein him in. Like, hey, hey, you're unleashing too much power. Hey, what are you doing? Like, and to be fair to it's like, if that's the case, that's going to be interesting because it's something that none of them have been able to accomplish, but he's going to be able to do just out of pure rage, right? Like, go out of control, which we've seen him do before, and like his classmates reined him in, but go out of control, and I'd, I'd. Dude, I think it'd be cold if we get some type of panel in the near future where Deku's just looking at Shigaraki for one, like, I'm going to kill you, right? Um, but listen, I kind of I kind of digress a little bit. Uh, this is what I was going to say, right? Next chapter, do we see Best Genus try to perform some type of emergency surgery? Because, again, he controls all fibers. I'm not saying he can control, you know, heart fibers or rebuild, you know, Bakugo a heart, but... I'd imagine he's gonna try to do something, right? Or like he like let's be real, he he loved that kid. He loved Bakugo. Bakugo was his uh, his psychic, his apprentice at some point. So he's not just gonna like a- accept this, right? He might try to like, you know, pound the crater in his chest. I don't know, man. But uh but what was messed up is Bakugo is the first casualty before belly laser. That's what I, I couldn't wrap my head around. Um, like it ain't no way, bro. Like Belly Laser gets off scot free for now, and Bakugo is the first one to bite the bullet. I, I, that didn't sit right with me. Um, I'll and again, I don't want to speak in certain terms because it's MAGA at the end of the day. And I'm gonna bring back a phrase that we haven't used in a while. It's just a panel. It's a devastating panel, but it's just a panel at the end of the day, right? I have to say that. I I just feel like I have to say that. Um, we and also Kohei Horikoshi has thrown us for a loop. Watch on his Twitter. It's like, no, it's not a joke. He's really dead. It's <laughs> like, fuck. Um, but Horikoshi has thrown us for loops before, man. Uh, my final thought again is, it's now or never, Deku. Right? And it's just there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot to keep track of. This was this was a rough one. Uh, but I will be remiss if I didn't say that my hero has been delivering. It's been delivering on the action. Like, uh, yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah, man. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, that's, uh, does that wrap up our manga section? I believe so. Well, uh, let's get into our topic of the week. And our topic of the week this week is a manga that we've both uh, since discovering completed. Um, it is a manga that I've been excited to talk about, and I was excited even when I brought it to him. Uh, this manga is called The Fable. 
Um, mm-hmm. It is written and illustrated by uh, Katsuhisa mm-hmm. Minami. Mm-hmm. I got it? Yes, sir. All right. Um, now, how did I find this? I was on our Reddit page, follow us on Reddit, and I was um, I was going through the Manga Collectors Reddit. Shout out to that Reddit as well. And I just saw somebody was like totally scored these two, and it was just two copies of uh two copies of the fable. It was like totally scored these two volumes, and I was like, I wonder what that is. But the cover caught my eye, um, <clears throat> which is the main character. He wears a mask, but he's like a Tyler the Creator style mask. Like it's a skull cap with the eyes cut out of it. Mm-hmm. And the cover just was so jarring to me. And then, you know, it was a guy shooting a gun. I was like, hold on, what is this? <laughs> and I look it up. And some kind of way I'm able, you know, eventually after doing a little bit of research, I'm able to find some copies of the manga online that you can read. And, um, man, I, I didn't look back. But after I got literally one chapter in, I had to tell TJ about it. And... um TJ, you just just give a little bit of your like initial thought on what it is. First of all, I'm sorry not to cut you off. So the fable itself, just in in the premise alone, it mixes up a lot of different things, it's like actions, comedies, drama. I guess you could say a little bit of slice of life, right, TJ? Oh, 100%. That's fair to say. Um, yeah, the slice of life, like some romance. It's like a little bit of everything. Um, but essentially. There's this guy, and he's like a genius at killing. He's an assassin, right? Mm-hmm. And he's essentially been a trained assassin since childhood, and he has a partner whom at the at the inset we believe is just like kind of like his lookout slash handler driver slash handler, right? Mm-hmm. Um and you know, they complete a mission after he very brutally takes out all these people. And essentially, he's told by his boss that he needs to stop. And the team's like, well, you need to stop. What are you talking about? And he was just like, things are getting too hot. You've been too successful. You do need to move uh, just temporarily because I need, you know, some of the heat to die down. So I need you to just fall back for like a year and um, just live a regular life. He was like, well, regular life what you're talking about and, and then they're like you're a pro aren't you <laughs> right it's, yeah and they epo his ass <laughs> but essentially they have to assume new identities and they move to another part of japan where this takes place and they have to now live regular lives but obviously as you could assume that is not going to go 100% according to plan. Am I right, am I right or am I wrong, TJ? You are 100% right. Um, what were some of your initial thoughts before I... Because before I, I know I'm going to go down a rabbit hole, so I'd rather you get... What were some of your initial thoughts when you first started reading it? For me, it was, first and foremost, the violence, even for sin and manga, because make no mistake, this is not shonen. This is adult-oriented uh it was i don't i don't want to say jarring but it wasted no time 
uh, literally the first two pages, you see two people get shot uh, dead, right? Um, it was jarring, but I think my initial impression, I, I, I want to say we can verify this in the initial text that we sent back and forth with regards to the series, was like, it was weirdly endearing. And what made it so endearing was how slice of life it was, right? The comedy when juxtaposed with the way this series started, took me by surprise, mm. right? The slice of life elements took me by surprise. Honestly, the other thing too is like just the, and I know you'll probably touch on this in greater detail, but the, um, the, the deadpanness of our protagonist is, is really what, what I don't want to say won me over, but just there, there are so many things that work. It, it's like this, this series could be a good argument for the definition of don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you read this, you see the cover expecting one thing and then you get drawn into it and you're, you're seeing something entirely different. Um, and it, it's like you have this inherent, like, you know, absurdity slash straight man combination with you know uh our protagonist sato akira and his quote-unquote sister sato yoko um yeah it it's just it just it just took me i i got drawn to it initially by the violence the artwork but then how oddly wholesome it could be at times um yeah go keep going man keep going but yeah that that's what got me into it yeah, man. Um, the the violence out the gate in that very first chapter, I was like, "Yo, wait a minute, <laughs> mm-hmm. what's going on?" Um, literally, the first two chapters, really the the beginning of the whole series, it de- it never really prepares you for what type of series it really is. Right. Um, you know, and obviously, and I'm, I mean that in the nicest way possible. It's like you know, there's it's just such a hybrid of so many different things. Um. I think right away, just the different quirks that Sato has was what got me. Like, just the little shit with me, like, that was making me laugh. Like, him having to get this bird, him deciding to, like, that he sleeps naked all the time. Oh, my goodness, like weird. dude. Or him, he generally him just being just naked, naked when he's It's just home. like, what is happening? <laughs> right. No Right, his obsession with this comedian Jackal, who's wait, like, hold on, not to cut you off. It and oh yeah. and with this nakedness part, it's not, it's not. Oh, if someone busts in on him, he's scrambling to get clothes on. No, if he's at home, he's naked. Doesn't matter if you're like you at his staring house. at him dead in the face, or you walk in on him, or whatever. He's like, he's looking at you like you did something wrong. Like, like, like yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, like. Him, just the way that he handles everything, you know, the the train arc where he trained that kid, you know, his relationship with the Yakuza, like when he first meets up, right, with the, the essentially the, the bosses of the Yakuza in the area that he's going to be in now, mm-hmm. you know, just essentially like checking in with them or whatever. They're like, well, how do we even know you're really the guy? He was like, because I know you got this type of gun on you and blah, blah, blah. Like, he right. just completely explains it. And it's, like, also funny having his sister, like, Yoko, be in there because she kind of can translate in some of those parts where it's, like, 
this dude being a jerk, and it's like he's not actually being a jerk. He just is like he's just on the spectrum. Essentially, like he's just a guy being a guy. Yeah. He's being himself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just the the hijinks that he gets into, which kind of range from like just trying to live everyday life to the struggles with working his job, which are not really struggles, but like just him trying to adjust <laughs> to being regular. Right. To him getting art, to him having to like deal with one of his coworkers who really was wilding. Uh, and that's to put it mildly. Yeah. Um, to dealing with very real threats to the safety of the people that you know he's grown to care about, and the precarious situations he gets put in, where it's like his adjustment to not being able to kill people because he was prom. You know, he had to make that promise, and like the times that he's being, he's been forced to show who he is for real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the times that he's forced into showing that without, you know, I guess taking it to the maximum, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, he goes through a lot of ups and downs and I thought the conclusion was a really solid one. I thought it was a very good conclusion. Like, it's a good ending, even though it ultimately is a continuation. But yeah, man, I mean, it just covers so many different things and not even covering the the character development that they give essentially everybody. Well, um, one of the things to add too is just like you end up rooting for Sato to be able to live a normal life, mm-hmm. right? Like that's you don't even want too. him to be an assassin no more. Yeah, you you end up rooting for him to like, hey man, he seems to have found some type of peace. He seems to have found some type of meaning in this life. Like even with him getting the bird, right? Like, and he even explains that to Abihara and Kudo when they're asking him like, hey, kill this dude, or whatever. It's like. Yeah, I just got this pet bird, and I'd like to think, you know, I may not know much about life because all I've been, all I've known is this assassin world, is this, you know, kill or be killed world. But I'd like to think that I enjoy keeping this bird alive, and I'd, I'd like to see what comes of it, right? You're just like, <laughs> you're just like, oh, you know, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I don't Man, know. for real. But it's, it's, it's just so well written, so well drawn. Uh, and if you're wondering about the art style too, if you've ever read, I I, I want to say it's similar to Initial D, but it's honestly I would argue a little bit like more hyper real than that. Um, like it, it's it's it, it's still a manga. Don't get me wrong, it is still a manga, but it's probably one of the more realistically drawn. I I don't know if that's accurate to say because it's it's still very much manga, right? But it's. Mm-hmm. It just looks a little bit more real. Um, you you just have to read it to, to see what we mean. And if you watch the movies on Netflix, you'll see it's like they didn't have to try that hard to cast folks, right? Like, <laughs> like that's all I'm gonna say there. Yeah, I, I didn't that that no, I'll honor that one hundred percent. They definitely didn't didn't look. Uh, but you know, I also wasn't mad at the the casting choices. I actually enjoyed the two movies. They kind of water him down a little bit um, because as you guys will see like this guy is pretty unbeatable like in in most scenarios like he's the Michael Jordan of assassins yeah if Michael Jordan was a ghost yeah you know what I'm saying like oh yeah they like we've heard about this guy but he hasn't like no he and even his sister are like levels above you know what I'm saying they're levels above pretty much everybody Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's shown all throughout the series. Like, you know, like I said, he gets put against insurmountable odds. I mean, it's even proven on the back end. Like, he beats some other assassins, and they're like, oh, wait. He could have, like, oh, yeah, he could have really, really smoked you. He was just, like, essentially fighting with a handicap. Right. And even in that, you know what I'm saying? Like, with him being, having to fight at a handicap or what have you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he's still better than literally everybody they come across. Right. Like, and, and it's ridiculous. You have to essentially look at his character as a peak human. Think Batman. Um... Or Mr. Terrific. Uh, but, mm-hmm. like, he is quite literally a peak human being. Like, endless stamina, peak reflexes, peak strength, etc. Right? Uh, but, oddly enough, when it comes to non-assassin stuff, he's very subpar. Like, all I'm going to say is artwork. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, yeah. No, it's just... I don't even know. Like, th- this manga has everything. Matt touched on it, but like you get chase scenes, you get like some Matrix style, John Wick style, like firefighting scenes, right? Or firefight scenes, if you will. Like you get everything, you get hand to hand combat, which looks otherworldly when drawn, right? But it's it's just it's just crazy. And I think just to supplement what Matt was saying about like them being leagues above, like Sato and Yoko were essentially kind of both taken in under the boss's wing when they were very young. Um, and it and it looks like not everybody else received that type of training, which also explains why they're like so cold with it. Mm-hmm. But I can't help, and I think this might be one of my favorite scenes other than, well, I, well other than uh, uh, Sato jumping off a bridge and landing like on his feet, right? And then Kuro yeah, trying to copy that to- shit. And Kudo trying to copy that just Shattering like his older brother, <laughs> like Yugi, like you know what right. I mean? Like, and then of course, like the mask on, mask off, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But like one of my favorite scenes is when they go up to the roof of you know the the condo they're living at, and you know Yoko is Yoko and Kudo are like, all right, you know, like test us out, like assess us, see where we're at, and he's just like, all right, well, I don't really know how to hold back. And you get like a POV of you versus Akira. And it's like the match starts, it's like, you know, they bump fists or whatever. You know, like if you're thinking UFC, they don't actually do that. But like you just see his deadpan face and then things go black. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, just, it's like they looked at him and it was just like, like it was and why my head hurt. <laughs> they woke up, yeah, like they woke up back in the house, like, like he yeah, on the back. couch, like, damn, what happened? Like, he knocked uh, the ass out. That's what happened. <laughs> so he was just too cold with it. And I think, uh, we also have to highlight too, it's like the name The Fable is what. Uh, that like their organization and like Sato like doesn't have a name. That's the name people have put on them because they're like so like mm-hmm. mystical, if you will, mythical, legendary in the sense like like literally they are urban legends. Like mm-hmm. on some like oh if you know about us, there's a high chance that you might die soon, right? Like like it's literally on some if I told you I'd have to kill you type type vibes. But um, uh yeah no there's. This thing, it, it has everything you could want out of an action series and then some. Um, highly recommend it, man. 
if you're looking for something to read now right now in terms of like actual publication status on the, on the in our domestic US market it's not there yet um as Matt alluded to there are the Netflix films but if you're looking to read it uh you know at the now mind you podcast we endorse you know all legitimate uh sources however if you are in a position where you know you're trying and you can't just you know do a search but that's that's all I'm gonna say there or uh you know you know, just you know <laughs> dm us but uh <laughs> but, but you know uh we'll let you know what, what what's good but now highly recommend this maybe yeah maybe maybe um no but 100% i would highly recommend this manga it's the story everything pays off it's not a lot of uh manga at least in my opinion um that finish in a, a good way yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, even if they didn't decide to do a continuation, they close. If they would have just left it closed, I wouldn't have been mad. It could stand on its own two feet just off of that. Yeah. And the ending is is done really well. Where I feel like it could stand on its own two feet. Yeah. Um. You anything else you want to add, TJ? Uh, check it out. Seriously, that's all I gotta say. I can't. I can't say enough. Check it out. Um. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, well, that is going to be the conclusion of our manga episode. Uh, Aoyama, you are still a bitch. Um, with that being said, thank you guys for checking us out. Um, you can follow us at, you know what, before I even tell you where you can follow us, I'm going to tell you what our lineup for next week looks like. Um, next week, what we will be covering is Hajime no Ippo, as usual. Um, we should also be able to cover the Chainsaw Man. Um, TJ, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh yeah, uh, the Chainsaw Man. Uh, the ooh, we will not be covering Sakamoto. My hero's gone. My hero's taking a break gone. again. Sakamoto's and taking Sakamoto's a break. Gone. Yeah. And Jujutsu is taking a break. So we will have a little bit of a thinner manga section, um, where we will primarily just be covering Chainsaw Man. I'm gonna throw this out here right now. Uh, do 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 Now, mind you, podcast exclusive. Just breaking. If you're interested, we could also talk about one of Matt's mangas, Stage S. We have a thin week, thin you episode. Yeah. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Let's do that. That actually makes sense. So we're going to also add Stage S. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Stage S, this is still a relatively new manga. Um, you can actually find it on Manga Plus if you would like. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get caught up, it is only 14 chapters. Now, the thing with this manga... Is they every time they release, they release two chapters. Hey, so <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> I tried to hold it. <laughs> oh man! Uh, with that said, thank you guys for checking us out. You can follow me at Matt Hambrick, M A T T H A M B R I C, because the brand is strong like that. Yes, TJ, sir. where can they find you? Tus Four Skate. That's T U S S Number Four Underscore S K A T E. And just as an add-on, we both went to C2E2 this past weekend, so we were repping the Now Mind You podcast shirts, and mm -hmm. just peep both of our Instagrams and peep the main Instagram, because there's going to be a lot of tagging going on, you know what I'm saying? Might be might yeah. be some reels coming your way, too, you know, a little slideshow, whatever have you, but well, peep, some, some, peep the grams, you know peep the grams. Just, just stay, stay aware. Oh, but you know what? If you need to know how to peep the grams, our gram is... At Now Mind You Pod, at Now Mind You Podcast. You search that, 
on all of your social media platforms. You will find us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. Shout out to you. Mm-hmm. Find us on Spotify if that's where you're at. Shout out to you. SoundCloud, same. Uh, where else we at, TJ? Google Podcasts, Google Stitcher, Podcast. Anchor. Stitcher. Uh, Anchor. <laughs> any platform you can think of, we're probably on there. We Real on them. Real talk. Mama. <laughs> But that's where we're at. That's where we at. We holler at y'all. Thank you for checking us out. Slide on over to the combat episode. Peace. Peace.